You're listening to Berlin Psychoanalytic Podcast. Is Psychoanalysis Dead? With Dr. Alexander Dmitrievich. There has been much rumor and much writing about psychoanalysis being outdated, ineffective, many people would say dead. So I thought we might try to start with several thoughts about why psychoanalysis is very much alive nowadays, still effective and relevant. The first point we should think about is that psychoanalysis is an effective treatment for emotional problems or mental disorders. As a matter of fact, it was conceived as a therapy, and this was about 120, 130 years ago, and psychoanalysis was applied in the beginning just to the disorders that were considered to be neurotic. And then later on, its application went toward persons with problems caused by traumatic experiences, be it childhood trauma or a massive trauma for adults. And then later on, it was applied to persons suffering from borderline personality disorders and personality disorders in general, and even to psychotic disorders. For several decades, psychoanalysis was the only form of treatment. And then other forms, first inside the psychoanalytic world, and then other forms of psychotherapy, quite often, by the way, founded by disappointed psychoanalysts, were developed and applied to persons with mental disorders. For several decades then, psychoanalysis dropped out of favor and many people thought it was too long, outdated, not adapted to the ways of life in contemporary Western society and so on. However, recent empirical studies show us that psychoanalysis is, a matter of fact, the most effective form of treatment, more effective than any other form of psychotherapy, in case you give it 18 months. If you can attend psychoanalysis for 18 months, then it will help you better than any other form of treatment. Psychoanalysis, so, by the beginning of the 21st century, remains very relevant as an approach to helping people. I would like to add one idea why it seems to me psychoanalysis is still very relevant as a form of treatment. Of the last century and a half probably, we have developed many different ways of avoiding pain, avoiding to face what is painful, uncomfortable, embarrassing that we have inside of us. And now, psychoanalysis in its different forms may be the only relationship, the only approach, the only profession which helps you face the pain that you are bringing inside of yourself, sometimes for years, sometimes for decades. Psychoanalytic office and psychoanalytic mindset is a safe space for you, with the help of another person, face the pain you've been holding in yourself, instead of alcohol abuse, drug abuse, television, which help you just forget about it while it continues living inside of you. Besides being a therapeutic approach, psychoanalysis is a model of mind. It is basically the first psychological scientific theory that tried to answer the question, what is human personality? What does it consist of? 
how do the elements of personality interact with one another, where does the energy for this system come from, how is it discharged, and so on and so on. By the end of the 19th century in Vienna, Sigmund Freud introduced these basic principles in the scientific jargon. The true founder of psychoanalysis was, as a matter of fact, a young female patient by the name of Beata Pappenheim, or as she was called in the book studies on hysteria, Anna O. She introduced several ideas that medical doctors later on thought were valuable enough to be the basis of a new scientific approach. Psychoanalysis is distinguished from all other approaches that existed at that time by the strong emphasis on the unconscious. Freud and then many other followers and revisionists and collaborators thought the most powerful part of our mind is the unconscious. The part that we are not aware of, that we don't know, exists and influences us. The unconscious is obvious, if you focus on it, through several of its manifestations. Even before the beginning of psychoanalysis, people have realized, mostly in Paris, that post-hypnotic suggestion shows that people do something, although they have no idea why. They do it because they were told to do so under hypnosis, and they continue to do so, and if you ask them why, they have no idea. Then Freud, in the year 1900, published the book The Interpretation of Dreams. And for some time, psychoanalysts believed dreams, as Freud used to say, were the royal road to the unconscious. Dreams have some elements, some images that have never been seen before, that do not exist in real life, in everyday life, and still they have some meaning. We don't know where they come from, we don't know how come they bring this message, but there is a message that should be understood and interpreted. Another point are slips. Mistakes we make while talking, while writing, while communicating with other people, and Freud's effort to say that all we do in our everyday lives is somehow motivated by the unconscious. Most importantly, the symptoms and what our patients tell us are connected to what is going on in their unconscious. And psychoanalysis has now, for many decades, for more than a century, been used as a therapeutic approach, which is focused on understanding the unconscious and using this understanding for the removal of symptoms. Besides the unconscious, there are many other elements developed in the world of psychoanalysis that are used for better understanding of our mind. For instance, in Freud's theory, the id, the ego, and the superego as the basic elements of personality. In many other psychoanalytic theories, revisions and additions to this, the concept of defense mechanisms, of anxiety, of inhibitions, of drives, and so on. Psychoanalysis is nowadays still a comprehensive theory quite different than it used to be 70 or 100 years ago, but a comprehensive theory of personality. And when it comes to psychoanalysis as a model of the mind, it seems to me it is not outdated because there's not been a better model offered and provided to replace it. 
Psychoanalysis is not just a discipline that helps people, it is our way to understand how the world functions. Basically, psychoanalysts for a long time tried to apply the notions of how the mind works to their understanding of the world. So papers that psychoanalysts used to write about culture, civilization, arts, where the wars come from, how is the human society being changed over centuries, are based on how we understand the mind. Freud used to write that sociology is just an applied psychoanalytic discipline. So what is going on in the mind is what is going on in the society. Defense mechanisms that you see inside one person's mind, some psychoanalysts believed were present in the society. In his ambition, Freud wanted to put psychoanalysis at the center of anthropology. He believed whoever wanted to understand human beings had to start from the principles of psychoanalytic psychopathology. The problems in the society were analogous to the problems in the individual psyche, and without psychoanalysis, without Freud, you couldn't understand either the individual or the group. In the coming decades, mostly through the work of people like Carl Gustav Jung and Erich Fromm, psychoanalytic vision broadened to include societal level, historical levels, the level of human race, if you will. So the explanations of individual unconscious and then the current events in the society were related to what happened to generations before us, to what happened to the society one grew up in, or to the human race as a whole. Very recently, psychoanalysts started thinking the other way around. How could, for instance, our understanding of the arts help us improve and make our work more contemporary and more relevant? Is it possible that people belonging to some different disciplines see better than we do, sharper than we do, or faster than we do, so that we can learn something from them? I hope that these illustrations about the lines of thinking about psychoanalysis as a therapy and a model of mind and a worldview help somehow show that psychoanalysis is still very much alive and useful. Thank you for listening. For more content, subscribe to our podcast or find us on our YouTube channel. Psychoanalysis should be free.